Hi, folks. Welcome back to another week on the podcast. This week, we are discussing secondary essays. So if you are applying to the health professions, this is a pretty important episode. A great primary application gets you a favorable look at your materials. But if you don't nail the secondary essays, it can be a really big detriment to your application, right? It can show that if you have lots of time to prepare and you have all the support behind you, sure, you can put together a good product, but the secondaries is where you really sell yourself and your fit for a particular school. It's a really important section, and we really hope that this episode really helps you figure out how you can approach this process that is quite challenging in a really strategic way that best represents yourself and best connects you to these programs. Welcome back to another week on the podcast. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast, the show to help all pre-health students on their journeys to acceptance. Kimberly, take it away. Hi, John. How are you today? I'm good. Nice to see you. It's nice to see you, too. We are getting, we're ramping up for a really big week for us. This is, so this is a wild week for us, of course, because as we're recording this, uh, everyone who's applying early is submitting their applications. Yep. And next week is a wild week for us because yeah. we will all be away at a conference for five days. Yes. Which is stressful. Is stressful. It's exciting. It's fun. It's engaging. It mixes things up for us mm-hmm. a little bit, but also it's hard to be away from the office for five days in a mm-hmm. row. It's hard to be away from home for five days in a row. Yeah. And you're just constantly on. So at the end of that, you're just kind of a little bit exhausted. Yeah. You know, I I oscillate on this because it is so important for us to go to the, this conference. This is when all the pre-health folks for the entire region get together. A lot of the health professional schools are there. We meet admissions officers. This is where a lot of our, like bread and butter information that we're giving you from the lips of admissions officers comes from. This is where we learn all of the things that help us to be really effective partners in your cycle. But goodness gracious, is it stressful? It's a lot. Should I help us segue into our topic for the day? Let's do it. Okay. So part of our insider information, as you could call it, is that... Your secondary essays, Mm -hmm. secondary applications, um, called different things depending on the application service that you're using, Mm -hmm. um, is really all about getting specific, Mm -hmm. showing an institution that you understand their mission, their values, Mm -hmm. what their students are all about, and that you are ready to just sort of insert yourself right into all of that Mm -hmm. to make your own unique contribution, but also not be so wildly different (laughs) that um, you're not going to find your place there. Yeah. So let's talk about secondaries. Yeah. It's a really delicate balance when you think about it. I really explain secondaries as I use a lot of analogies, which I'm sure is not surprising for you to hear. 
And sometimes I'll custom design it for the student that I'm working with. Like I had one student that like they were a dental applicant and they liked to like build cars. And so I used a car analogy, really stretched myself on that one. But usually what I I explain it as is like you're making a multi-layer cake, right? Your primary application are those physical cake layers. That is the structure that everything else is going to be built upon. When it, when you get to the interview, that's the icing on the cake. But the secondary is, is that delicious hidden filling. But those flavors should all complement one another. You don't want to throw a terrible f- flavor combination in there. The flavors should go together. They should all be part of the same flavor profile. Please tell me that we get cake at the end of this. Uh, well, you know, I do love making cake. My favorite is my, I make a really good lemon blueberry cake. Oh. Oh, yeah. Lemon cake layers, blueberry filling, and lemon blueberry buttercream, all from scratch. We are visiting the <laughs> nieces, nephews, and nibblings after the conference, uh-huh. and we are going to make a pride-themed cake. Very cool. So we'll make our cake base with some nice frosting of some sort, and mm-hmm. then we're going to get all the different fruits yeah. and put it on top and make our own flag. Yeah, because you want everything to be sort of like speaking the same language. Yes. And you don't want to throw curveballs in. You want to build more, and you don't want more of the same thing that you've already put elsewhere. So we've got our flavor profile. Yeah. But we don't want it to be horribly bland. Yes. We don't want it to all blend together so much that we can't appreciate all of the different flavors that are actually there. Yes. Yeah. And like if you want to just be like a basic vanilla cake, that's fine. But if people have 50 different cakes to choose from... Not very many people are going to pick that super so it's like we're doing plain vanilla cake. We're doing like a blind tasting, and we're yes. looking for the ones that are delicious and unique, and fit the bakery that we run at our schools. All right. So to bring us back on track here, <laughs> I sort of think of the primary application as the Common App because that's yeah. something that many of our applicants are familiar with. Sure. We have this Common Application. It's the foundation that is going to go out to everyone and then our secondaries are our first opportunity to tailor our ideas and our general responses to what we appreciate and really love about each institution yeah and our secondaries are also a chance to make ourselves pause and think Mm -hmm. about whether a school is actually a good fit for us because (coughs) we can totally love the idea of a school, Mm -hmm. but when it gets down to the nitty gritty, Mm -hmm. if we can't tell them explicitly why, Mm -hmm. then maybe we need to rethink our choice. (coughs) A lot of students... And, and this comes from advice that a lot of pre-health advisors give, which is like, look at the mission statements of the school. Sure. That's such a narrow scope of what that school is. It's a good place to start. And unless you're like super duper skilled at reading between the lines on a mission statement, it doesn't tell you enough. What I encourage my students to do is to look into how that mission is lived at that institution. 
if you're like, I am someone who's really focused on community-based care and that's important to me, and you see that like community-based care is written in that mission statement, but they have very little programs that are actually focused on that community, there is dissonance between what is espoused and what is enacted in that mission. I also advise students to go beyond the website because Mm -hmm. the website has got communications hands in it, Mm -hmm. right? They are really curating everything that's there. But when you go to Instagram, when you go to YouTube Mm -hmm. and you look up that specific club or organization or clinic, free Mm -hmm. student-run clinic, you get to see the material that, fingers crossed at least, the students themselves are putting out. Yeah. When you go and you find the video that the senior students make every year, sort of their spoof on their time there, Mm -hmm. are the deans getting involved in being silly or is it just students? Yeah. You know? What do you see about the interactions between them and those that are sort of acting as mentors? Mm-hmm. Is it the sort of vibe that you're looking for? Mm-hmm. When you go to Google Maps and mm-hmm. you zoom in, is there a place that you know that you'd like to go out and maybe get a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. from time to time or a particular cuisine that is really important to you or maybe Mm -hmm. feels like home to you. Yeah. Um, Can you practice whatever hobby it is Mm -hmm. in that area? Is the campus integrate, is, is the school integrated into a campus? Is it a standalone building? This is essentially the next stage of your mm-hmm. adult life. Yeah. And you get to make some decisions here. Yeah. Now, it, for me, when I think about this, I feel like in undergrad, you get you can you get out of it what you make of it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel the same way about your school choice. And secondaries are the place for you to make the case, like we've talked about, for why this particular school is an exceptional fit for you. Because there's so many different differences. Right. So secondaries and school choice go very much hand in hand. Agreed. Because you cannot write an authentic and really strong secondary essay Mm -hmm. for a school that's not a good fit. Yeah. It's hard. And we see that all the time, right? We Mm -hmm. have applicants who put in 30, apply to 30 schools, and then they suddenly get 30 secondaries back. And the first you know, let's say 10 or so are just really flowing. Mm -hmm. They are really getting into it. They're writing great stuff. They are getting excited about all of the opportunities that they would have if they went to this particular school. Mm -hmm. And then we see things start to sort of taper off. And there's a little bit more of a struggle to complete additional secondary essays because Mm -hmm. you just begin to realize that maybe you're not the strongest fit for that school. Yeah. What I encourage students to do is to do really in-depth research before they even hit the secondary, like, sort of point. A lot of students, because the rest of the primary application is so intensive, aren't doing that super huge deep dive on their schools. And I can't 100% fault students for that, especially, like, if you're a senior going into a gap year, my goodness, do you have so many things to balance? 
you know, there's so many reasons why that would be challenging. So I'm not going to hold it against every student. But in between submission of your primary application and your secondary essays, if you're not spending at least some time doing these deep dives on your schools, looking at research labs that are interesting, if you're like, I want to be a community-based person, look at what community programs the school offers. You know, at Temple, they have a mobile van that goes out into the community. Is that a type of opportunity that you're interested in? If yes, Temple could be a really good fit for you. If you're not interested in street medicine and you are more interested in traditional clinical environments, that's not really a selling point for you, right? And so you might not see that alignment with that particular type of offering, but maybe there's other things there that you do. You don't have to be a perfect fit for everything at a school. It's finding those alignments that's important. And perfect fit to me, I mean, we have this, like, we don't want to, it shouldn't be like a cookie cutter. It shouldn't be like these two puzzle pieces fitting together perfectly. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to add another perspective when you mm-hmm. can. Yeah. Um, but you also don't want to be, what is that, a, a fitting a peg into a square a square peg in a round hole yeah we don't want you to be so dissimilar mm-hmm. that it's just really not going to work like, you want to have student colleagues that you get along with you want to make friends you want to mm-hmm. find mentors mm-hmm. um all sorts of opportunities to further the next stage of your development and your future career yeah it's like if you're making a fruit salad <laughs> And you don't want to throw peanut butter in the middle of a fruit salad. John, you know I forgot my lunch today. I'm just going to get hungrier and hungrier. (laughs) Well, all my best analogies are food related. Okay. So let's go back to (laughs) what June is like. Yes. So many of you who work with us, you know that we have this spreadsheet Mm -hmm. that allows you to track a lot of different details about your prospective schools. Mm -hmm. It is useful. Also... Mm -hmm. I do not like it. (laughs) It's limited. It is limited. And here's the thing. It's really, really practical. But if you haven't yet figured out how to think creatively about how to approach school fit Mm -hmm. and school choice, then sometimes you have a hard time breaking out of that framework that Mm -hmm. we have set for you. Yeah. It's a starting place. It's a starting place. It's a starting line. So then what I think is the next step Mm -hmm. after you've started is actually a Word document where you list your schools Mm -hmm. and you start to jot down notes to yourself about why you really love it. Mm -hmm. So this isn't about metrics or stats or anything like Mm -hmm. that. This is about you and how you want to live your life. You start taking notes for yourself. You start talking about student-run organizations you want to be a part of or who you think would be a great mentor or Mm -hmm. what curricular thread just like has you totally, totally excited Mm -hmm. because, I mean, that's a real thing. For example, I was at a conference recently and heard someone talking about um, climate change and environmental medicine. Mm -hmm. I knew that I had a student who just, their like secondary love Mm -hmm. outside of medicine is the environment is talking about climate change, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so I went running back to her. I was like, listen, we got to talk. I think you'd be a fantastic fit for this school. Yeah. Um, That goes into your notes. But more importantly, it's not just notes. It's active links back to 
where you found that information mm -hmm. so that when you're writing your secondaries, you don't waste a bunch of time mm -hmm. tracking down that information again. Yep. Because like you've got a lot to do in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So let's give you a time frame here. Yep. We're looking for secondaries. We were looking at a two to three week turnaround on when you get those essay questions and when you send them back to the schools. So you need to be very familiar with their materials and their resources so that you're not starting from scratch in this yeah. process. Yeah. In terms of strategies, I think we're really hitting a lot of the preparatory work on the schools themselves. A lot, another big piece of this is that schools are often looking for you to share your point of view and why that's your point of view. An exercise that I encourage my students to do is to go through their work and activity section and write anywhere from two to five or six stories, different stories about each activity that they did. You're sort of creating a database of experience for you to pull from, especially for my students that have been EMTs for two, three, five years, that's a lot of calls to pull specific experiences about particular people at the drop of a hat, especially when you're in a high stress environment. And when you're like, I have 80 other essays to write, let me just go through this. I right. That. If you have this database to work from, you're like, okay, I want to talk about my ability to make quick decisions. I made a ton of quick decisions while I was an EMT. Let me find an experience that fits this character count and I can tell very well that can help you know, demonstrate my perspective in a great way. So you're combining not just what you say you like about the schools, but how it aligns with something that you have experienced in the past, that your point of view and your enjoyment and your desire to pursue this is based on real lived experience. I love that, John. Yeah. I think that's very useful. And, and when we say, a lot of times we say, don't pre-write your secondaries. What we want you to do is more like what John just referenced and what mm -hmm. I just referenced is start creating that base set of materials mm -hmm. that you can pull from once you get those secondaries. The other thing I like to suggest is getting out a highlighter and going through everything that you have and pulling out the themes. Mm-hmm. So that a lot of times secondaries will talk, will ask you to talk about a particular value or theme that is core to their mission or, mm -hmm. or values. And so when you've already identified what parts of your materials and your experiences align with that, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to do. Yeah. We're trying to help you not take shortcuts. That's not really what we're asking you to do. We're helping you understand how your materials that you've already submitted translate into this next phase. You know, I see tons of students that fully pre-write secondaries, and that often I find to be a mistake, because sometimes I'll do, I'll look at a student secondary upon reapplication, and they haven't really a answered the intent of the question itself. And they were like, oh, well, there was a similar question for this other school, and I used the same right. essay. And I was like, well, you didn't answer this question. Or they said, well, I looked at the past essay prompt from the school, and I said, well, they changed the wording they slightly. changed the wording. The, and you want to, like you said, the intent here. Two schools could ask the exact same question, mm -hmm. but... If you don't have a true in-depth understanding of that institution mm -hmm. and what they're looking for, 
you're going to answer the question, but you're not going to address Mm -hmm. the intent of why they asked that question. You know, if we think about it in terms of like a lot of students are like, well, what's the base minimum that I need to have for X? And I'm like, you never want to have the base minimum. Just answering the question is the base minimum. Being able to connect it to your experiences and things about this institution that you really like, that's what helps you stand out in this part of the process. The early applicants and interviews for schools are schools, are the students who have just really strong alignments, really wonderfully well-articulated alignments with the schools. And then they start to break apart these students that they don't see as strong of alignment with. If you can very clearly articulate strong alignment with schools, you're going to find yourself having these earlier interviews. And this is a skill to develop. It's not something that you're going to be wonderful at first attempt. But by taking these steps that we're talking about and thinking about this preparation, it's going to make learning to do it a lot easier because you've done so much prep work. It's like writing a novel and like not doing research beforehand and having to do research live on everything versus having done your research all ahead of time. So stressful. I also think about in a social situation when you're around a bunch of new people um, and you're making small talk, right? Small Mm -hmm. talk is usually pretty bland. Mm -hmm. But then your small talk kind of evolves with one particular person Mm -hmm. because you realize that you have a couple of interests that are just really similar Mm -hmm. and you get excited to talk to them. And next thing you know, like an hour has passed. Mm -hmm. It's like that. It's like once the excitement kind of kicks in, you can just really run with it. And they get excited too, because they're like, oh, this is great. We love this. This is exactly who we want to bring into our class. This Mm -hmm. person is really going to be able to further this mission that we have or these values that we have. Um, And when that excitement isn't there, Mm -hmm. everybody knows. They know, you know. And so when somebody says to me, well, I'll go anywhere that I get in, I'm like, okay, yeah, duh. (laughs) But where do you really want to get in? Yeah. If you could only apply to one school, what would it be? Yeah. Give me your top five. Yeah. It's so helpful to understand like where you're trying to get to. Because when you take that, well, I'll just go anywhere approach, you're not understanding that there are huge differences between where you went end up. And having goals is super important because... I'm going to help you understand that particular school, the spirit of what they're saying, not just what's on paper, but what they really mean and how they live it as best I can, so that when you approach it, you can speak to them using their language, Mm -hmm. their culture, their philosophy, and and show how your experience aligns with that. And this is the next step in your process to becoming the sort of professional that you Mm -hmm imagine yourself to become in 15 or 20 years yeah without the right school alignment Mm -hmm. here you're not going to get the experiences that are going to turn you into the very best Mm -hmm. professional that you can become can you meet the base goal yeah of course you can but you're pursuing this incredibly rigorous and difficult path for a reason there are things that you're just so excited about that you feel so incredibly strongly about and 
you don't want those things to just sort of drop off of your radar because it's not part of the culture of the school where you ended up going. Yeah. This is also a part in the application for me where I'm like, if you have middling metrics or not the best metrics on the planet, this is where you have a ton of control over perception of the schools, of the value that you can provide. We have worked with incredible students with not the best metrics on the planet who've had incredible cycles because they do this part of the process very well. This is what holistic review is about. Yeah. And you're just helping those people who do holistic review do it a lot better and easier. So when someone comes to me and says, I want to apply blind to one school because I'm not sure what my MCAT score is Mm going to be or my DAT score, I say, okay, that's fine. I understand that. You know, this is an expensive, time-consuming process. Fine. But I don't want you to spend that interim period doing nothing. Yes. I want you to come back to a meeting with me with a list of schools that you're really excited about Mm -hmm. because this process is more than metrics. Mm -hmm. Do you need to be able to cut it Mm -hmm. in terms of the academics? Absolutely. They're not going to accept you otherwise. They need to know that you're going to be successful on that end of things. Mm -hmm. But once again, we come back to this idea of baseline. Mm -hmm. That's the baseline. Yep. They're, they want to see far more than just mm-hmm. metrics that fall into the range that they're used to. Yeah. And some schools are so willing to deep really low if there's a wonderful fit. I worked with a student in this past cycle who their metric score on their standardized test was 20% lower than what they usually expect. But their alignment with the school's mission and values was so strong that they ended up getting a pretty early interview and they got an acceptance and they were like, I never even would have thought I would have been considered there. And I wasn't originally going to apply, but I encouraged and pushed them to do that because that alignment was so good, so strong. This And, and they wrote really exceptional secondaries for this institution. It was Pitt. Pitt is a hard school to get into these days. Mm -hmm. It is getting progressively harder every year, but she did such a wonderful job of articulating the value that she would bring to that cohort and how Pitt was the absolute best place for her to be. So one thing I'm hearing here is our excitement and passion for this topic. I love this topic. And I think that that reflects the importance of this part of the application. Mm -hmm. When your advisors are totally getting into it, Mm -hmm. that's because there's actual material to dig into here. It's not hyper-structured like Mm -hmm. other parts of the application. It's not sort of common, Mm -hmm. universal, you get to dig into the specifics and you get to dig into the specifics about you. And that's where we get really excited because this is what we've been coaching you towards Mm -hmm. for years. Yes. This is, this is like, okay, every four years I am obsessed with the gymnastics uh, events at the Olympics. You have been running down that track You have gotten such a good start. You have done a backhand spring into the vault 
apparatus. You have gotten a great placement on your hands. You've launched yourself so high in the air. You have done your quadruple backflip. And I really need you to stick the landing. Stick that landing, folks. I, I need the landing to be so stuck because that's how you get really high scores. You can do the rest of everything else wonderful and just lose it all at the end. And I don't want you to have to be that poor girl like 15 years ago that had to make a landing with a broken foot. I can still remember that moment. <laughs> like we want you to stick the landing confident and unbroken. <laughs> And we will help you through that. Exactly. This is why you have pre-health advisors. Exactly. So we can say, hey, this is the part where we get excited. Let's do this. Yes. And then we can look at it and we can say, hey, you know, this is a little lackluster. Yeah. Yeah. What's missing here? Why is it missing? For me, I am trying to build new base skills in you. Because guess what happens when you apply to residency? You are going to have to do this all over again. And I want you to be very skilled at it by the time you leave us. Because then when it comes time, you already know how to go through this process and do it well. Because I've seen people who are wonderful students, great at everything, that like sort of got through on some very like not wonderful writing, have a hard time with residency match. And that's so hard emotionally to deal with because I know that you're all super wonderful. I have known you for years. But it's up to you at that point to be able to articulate your fit and your match. And with USMLE going to pass fail, the power of your writing and your ability to articulate fit has never been more important at every step in the process. It's so, so, so important. All right. So I think that we've covered this pretty good. If you are still feeling confused, please schedule appointments. We want to talk to you. Half an hour is enough. Don't need to be doing crazy long appointments for this. We're helping you adjust your philosophical approach to this. We don't want to change your answers unless you really misinterpreted a question. We want you to understand packaging and delivery and how to think differently about the process. Please schedule with us. We want you to succeed. We want this to be a fun part of the process. If this is feeling overwhelming, let's chat about your feelings and emotions about this process as a whole, because maybe we just need to reframe this and help you understand it differently. We're happy to do that. Okay, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Penn State Pre-Health Podcast. Penn State Pre-Health Podcast is a production of the Pre-Health Advising Office and the Eberly College of Science at Penn State University. It is produced, edited, and promoted by the Pre-Health Advising Team. The views, opinions, and advice shared during this podcast are that of the hosts and any guests only and do not necessarily reflect the best advice for every student at every institution for every health profession. This is a nonprofit podcast made for the purpose of better serving pre health students across our university system. Mm-hmm.